Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Hey guys, good morning. I'm obviously not Brayden. I'm cuter than Brayden. Um, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm really, thank you for that. I'll expect more of those as we go on. Um, no, I'm, I'm Leanne Connor, married to Pastor Braden, and um, just honored to be with you guys today. I'm going to be bringing the message this morning, so all the hoops and woos and um, anything you can give me would be great, and I would appreciate it. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I just wanted to give you guys a quick update on where Braden is today. He has not uh, quit the church, but he has skipped the country, actually. He's in Australia this morning, and he asked me to share with you guys where he was at and kind of what he's doing. Um, How many of you guys know who Banning Liebscher is from Jesus Culture? Yeah? Jesus Culture Worship. I don't know if some of y'all have heard that. Banning Liebscher is the founder of Jesus Culture and pastors Jesus Culture Church in Sacramento. And uh, he actually, he's gotten to be really good friends with us, and we just love him and appreciate his wisdom in our lives, and he's become a good friend. And he actually invited Braden to go on a ministry trip to Australia, and um, Braden, of course, said yes and was super excited. I think he's only been to maybe, like, Mexico, out of the country. Like, that's it. So he was really excited, and they've been doing um, all kinds of ministry things in uh, Brisbane, Australia. And uh, at a church called City Point Church, they had a conference, and they were part of a live worship album. Um, they weren't singing, but they were part of a live worship album. Banning was speaking during it. And so I wanted to show you guys a little clip of all the ministry that they have been doing in Australia. It's a real short clip, just full of uh, ministry and power. So just put your eyes up here for a second. I wonder if these are like a little more. <laughs> I wonder if these are a little more. Look at that guy. <laughs> That's your pastor. This is, this is Texas. And again. there we are, your fearless leader, (laughs) ministering in Australia. I thought that would be funny to show you guys. Um, Somehow he managed to find animals, and I was just like, please don't shoot anything. Don't kill anything. Like, just be nice, and don't don't kill anything. Um, But anyway, I'm just super excited to be here with you guys. He'll be back Tuesday, so I am very ready for him to be back, and I know y'all be excited to have him back, too. Can we just pray before we get started real quick? God, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this privilege to speak to your people this morning, Lord. Help me today only to say what you have me say and help us to all open our hearts to truly hear from you today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all the things you're doing, the things that we see and the things that we don't see yet. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Well, at the beginning of this year, God spoke some things to my heart. Um, Just actually right at the beginning of the year, he said something very clearly to me. He said, um, I want you to write and I want you to speak about the things that are hard. And at first, I didn't really know what that meant. And so I went to the Lord and I was just kind of asking, like, what did you mean by that? I don't I don't really understand that. And after I dug in a little more and just prayed and just kind of sought him, 
um, basically what the Lord has been telling me to do is write and talk about the things that basically aren't popular, um, the things that maybe don't draw a big crowd, the things that um, will grow us, though, if we'll listen and if we'll open our ears and open our hearts. And so, you know, how many of you are thankful that our church, and I know many other churches are as well like this, but, you know, our church is a family. It's not a restaurant that you go to to go through the buffet line or be served and then pay your check and leave. As a family, sometimes I believe that we can talk as family, and I can share things with you from the Lord where things that might be tough or things that might not be easy to hear, but because family loves each other and family's real and family shares truth in love, we sharpen each other. You know, the Bible talks about iron sharpening iron, and so that's what I want to do today is bring you kind of just a family message. Um, So today I want to talk to you about one of the main things that has led me to where I am today. Um, I want to talk to you like family and share with you something that's not always so popular to talk about. Um, Braden and I are not perfect by any means. Newsflash, I know, for those that know us. Um, We have not arrived, but we have come a really long way. Um, I was a pastor's kid. How many of you have been to our membership class? Yeah? No? Oh, some of you need to go to our class. It's coming up soon. But in our membership class, we talk a lot about kind of our our history and where we came from. But I was a pastor's kid. My dad actually was an alcoholic before he got saved. At age 26, this guy had been bugging him to come to church. And finally, one night, he went to this tiny little Pentecostal church, the crazy kind, where they, like, wave flags and run around the building. And um, he went, yeah, sweet. (laughs) He went down to the front and accepted Jesus. And that night... Um, He was actually freed from alcoholism, drug addiction, and of course, I wasn't born yet, but that radically changed the course of my life forever. And so that was kind of where I came from. Um, He started a church then while he was in Bible school. I don't know if I'd recommend that, but he did do that, started a church while he was in Bible school. And so I grew up a pastor's kid, and, um, you know, Braden grew up in the same similar situation. His parents were in ministry and just worked really hard. My parents worked really hard all of our lives. We didn't, we didn't have a lot, but they always worked hard. And they taught us the principles of Jesus and the word of God. And they taught us that God was good and he was faithful and he loved us. And so I'm so thankful for that foundation today. But after we got married, some of you know our story, we were hit with a tragedy right away. Um, my f- whole family died in a plane crash three weeks after Braden and I got married. My mom my dad, my brother, and my brother's girlfriend um, were all killed in a plane crash. And then throughout the years, you know, that just sort of rocked us from day one. And then throughout the years, we've had many other things we've dealt with. Um, betrayal from close friends, people in ministry. We've had miscarriages. We've had fertility issues. We've had marital struggles. Who hasn't had marital struggles? If you've been married longer than five minutes, you're going to have marital struggles. And if you're married to Braden Connor, you're going to have marital struggles. I'm just kidding. I really love him. But honestly, we've had our share of, of ups and downs. We have been through quite a lot. Um, I could go on and on. We've been through a lot of trying times. We've learned to trust God, though. We have learned that in the good times and the bad times, um, he is good and he's faithful. And he's never left us and never will. And that same goes for you. Um, we've learned of his grace that we don't deserve. We've learned to place all of our confidence and all of our identity in him and to hang the hat of our confidence on him, and that in ourselves we're nothing, but in him we can do all things. Amen? So, you know, a lot of times it's kind of a vulnerable state um, that we're in because we're preaching out, well, we're living out the actual things right now that we're preaching on the stage. So, for example, me right now, I just want to be honest with you and kind of just have a vulnerable moment with you, but when Braden asked me to preach, um, I think Keith was supposed to preach today, or maybe Cody, I'm not sure, but he asked me to speak, and when he asked me, I just kind of seized up, 
and I went back mentally to last year, the last time I preached, I was, I don't know if y'all remember or you were here, but I was big pregnant, and uh, thank God I'm not pregnant anymore. Whew. Yeah, um, big pregnant, and I, I spoke, and after I walked off the stage, um, I remember going into the bathroom and shutting the door, and I just like did like this on the sink, and I like almost threw up, no lie. And, um, you know, after I was done and after we went home, I went back, you know, and thought about all the things that people said to me afterwards or just kind of overanalyzed every word that I said. I thought back on every look that I got during my message, um, even, you know, who was asleep during my message. And those things, you know, I just got wrecked with just feelings of inadequacy and comparison, you know, with Braden. Um, with with Keith, with Steve-O, other people, Cody, that stand on the stage and are just, they just flow in the gifts of just being able to speak so flawlessly. And I just was, became kind of wrecked with, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I've got these other things I'm good at, but I'm just not good enough in that area. And so I realized that this is an area in my life that God is using to grow me. He's using to grow me. This is something that doesn't come easy for me, um, even though I'm trusting God. He's stretching me, and he's molding me, like Keith talked about earlier. Every time that I open my mouth to speak, um, I'm forced to trust him and not in my own abilities. And I just keep saying yes. Every time Braden asks me or anyone asks me to speak, I just keep saying yes. So I know that God has called me to worship ministry. He's called me to write. And he's called me to speak. Um, but why is one out of the three so difficult for me? Why are some things easy and some things so hard? You know, I was thinking if I could stand up here today with my guitar and, like, sing my message to you, some, somehow I'd be fine with that. I'd just be, I'd be great. And during worship, you know, when I do communion, it's like it's in the flow of worship. So somehow it just feels like worship to me. So it's not the same as standing here, everyone's staring, it's quiet, there's no piano you know, playing in the background. It's different. But God is using this to grow me. And I'm not, I'm, I'm telling you today, I'm standing up here and I'm using every ounce of my faith to stand up here today to speak to you. And I'm not telling you this so that you'll validate me afterwards and tell me how great I was or wasn't. Don't tell me if I wasn't great. Just don't. But um, I'm telling you this this morning to help you grow. There are natural graces in our lives. There's things that just come straight from heaven from the moment we're born. There's natural graces that were given to me natural graces that were given to you, and they come from the Father. Um, some things, some people are just naturally good at certain parts of life. From the time I was very small, I just, I actually don't remember a time when I didn't sing. I've just always been singing, and so it was something that I didn't learn. It was just something that I was born with and something that God graced me with, a gift that he gave me. Um, Braden, from the time he was little, was just an incredible athlete, and obviously, too, a lizard catcher, too, which we didn't know that he had that ability, but yes, he does, and so, you know, I thought about Tracy, I don't know if Tracy Goodnight's in here this morning, she might be downstairs, but she hosted our Dwell Women's event a couple Sundays ago, and just flawlessly communicates with humor, and just honesty, and just, you know, vulnerability, and I just love those gifts that you see in people that just come straight from God, it's so amazing, so you also have natural things that you were given that you didn't have to use your faith for, you didn't even ask for, they were just given to you, um, they come easy, they don't require you doing anything but just being you. So, and some of you also seen miraculous things happen in your life. Um, maybe you were healed from a disease, like instantly, or you were set free in your marriage. I know marriages that have been restored in like a moment, and they didn't have to go through like years of counseling. They literally were just restored in a moment, and that's, mirac that's truly miraculous. Um, maybe you have old desires that were just gone in, a, in an instant, 
And we believe in that. We believe in the miraculous. But then there are things that God will use to grow us. These are things that don't happen miraculously, that don't happen overnight. They're a lot more like a marathon than a sprint. And they're things that require strong faith and perseverance. I'm going to tell you guys a quick story um, really quickly about when I was having my first baby. Guys, I won't go into too much detail, I promise. But um, when, I was, when I was 25, I had Susanna. Um, she is 13 now. And I was scared. I didn't know anything. And I believed, you know, without a doubt that even though I knew lots of my friends that had done it the natural way, like I wanted doctors in white coats. I wanted machines that beeped and made noises. I wanted bags hanging from things. Like I wanted that is what I wanted. And I knew that I wanted like any and all pain medicine that was legal. Even if it was maybe illegal, but they just didn't tell me. I wanted all the pain medicine. So I found out about this amazing thing called an epidural. Holla. Um, and I just knew that we were meant to be together forever. Um, so on the day Susanna was born, I, rem- I was thinking about this last night. I was literally um, in the hospital bed, like having contractions, and I had one of those. I think I had a Razor flip phone. Do is, is that about, did anyone have one of those Razor flip phone? So cool. I think that's about the time that I had that phone. And I was, like, taking pictures and texting with, like, T9. Remember, you had to, like, oh, so awful. <clears throat> what did we do? I don't even know what I'd do without my phone. So we were just laughing and chatting, and, like, I was just, you know, I would get to a six and a seven and eight, and and before long they were like, okay, it's time to push. And I was like, oh, praise God, and, you know, I'm just laying there, and, and all of a sudden she's born, and it's beautiful, and um, it's amazing, and then, you know, the end on that, on that baby, and then there came Riley, who's over here. Where are you, Riley? Raise your hand, Riley. <laughs> About to be 10 years old. Um, she was quite a different experience altogether and has been quite a different experience all her life altogether. But neither of the two epidurals that I got with her worked at all um, or any of the other things they tried, and I literally thought I was going to die. I thought, okay, I'm about to meet my maker. I'm glad I'm good. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm about to see Jesus. This is just not going to work. I felt the pain of every single contraction, every single moment, up until the point where I could not could hardly go on. Finally, she was born. And so I was thinking about this, and, you know, I got a, ba- I got a baby both times. Um, but both times were completely different. Both babies were completely healthy, came out screaming. Both were even close to the same size. But the way they were birthed was 100% different. One came with ease. The other came with some pain, well, lots of pain, endurance, perseverance, faith, a whole lot of yelling. And I'm sure there was people praying from the lobby because they probably could hear me. So the promise, though, was sure both times. I got a baby both times. It was completely different. So, you know, I just got to thinking there are some things that God wants to do in our lives that can only come by strong faith, maybe even some pain, endurance, perseverance, or a strong will. And this is what, this is what actually gets us to the point in our lives where we're actually growing. And these are the things we don't really like to talk about in church. We want to talk about, you know, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, and I'm blessed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And we want to say all these scriptures, and all those things are true. And I praise God that we are blessed and that we have his favor, and his mercies are new every morning, and we, his goodness is in our lives, and he leads us in the paths of righteousness. He makes our paths straight. Like, all these things are great. But what about growing up? What about coming into maturity as Christians and actually becoming effective for the kingdom of God. 
not just walking around um, wondering what I'm doing or as soon as we get to hard times, we just stop, but actually like pushing through the hard times because there will be hard times. And if you haven't hit them yet, you will. And these aren't, I'm not saying God puts, I do not believe that God puts sickness on us. God does not put things on our lives, but he uses some of these things that we do go through to grow us. And if we will persevere, if we will push through, if we will have endurance, it will grow our faith, which will grow us in maturity. This scripture I want to share outlines God's desire for us as Christians to mature. It's Ephesians 4.11. It says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then verse 14, I love this. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown around by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So there are places God wants to take us, things he wants to do through us, but we have to grow up first. So just like you wouldn't give your toddler or your, 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 your little kid, even like a preschooler, you wouldn't give them a car and be like, hey, run down the, to H-E-B and grab us some bread. Like, no, you would never do that. They have to grow up. They have to mature. They have to age, and they have to go through driver's ed, and then they have to learn to drive. Like, they have to do all these things before they can drive a car. God needs for us to grow up and mature before he can do certain things in us. Um, I have another story. Um, this is actually kind of funny. And I wrote it out a few years ago because I didn't want to forget it. Um, and I was going to put it on my blog, but I just I haven't. But um, this is a story. Um, well, let me just read it to you. Hang on. So it was a hot, humid summer in Florida, and Braden and I were on a much-needed vacation. It was just the two of us. No kid. We only had one. No work, no calls, just one week in paradise. Our hotel happened to have a game area outside by one of the pools that had a ping-pong table. I, being slightly competitive, asked my 6'5", ex-college athlete husband, who also happens to be great at every other sport on the planet as well, I asked him if he wanted to play. I'm like, hey, you want to play ping-pong? So he was like, sure. Uh, Of course he wanted to play, so we went and got the equipment, and we started our game. So at first it was just fun. It was nothing but friendly husband-wife competition. We laughed and flirted. We joked around and just like volleyed back and forth. I'm laughing because I'm thinking of the story. However, as actually, oh, wait, wait, wait. However, as we kept playing, I had the realization come over me that, hold up, like I'm actually good at ping pong. Like I did not realize this. I'm actually doing pretty good. So I was scoring on him. I had possibly found the one thing that I could maybe beat him at. Like, I really believed this with all my heart. Things started to heat up, and the game got more and more competitive. The joking started to subside, and it got harder and harder to return his serves. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm still in this. Like, I'm still in it to win it. The words I said next to him haunt me to this day, and I can still hear them in slow motion coming out of my mouth. Let's keep score. <laughs> Sorry. That's how I hear it. Then the moment came. It's been seared into my memory from that day. He stopped. He turned his hat around backwards. And I'm pretty sure I heard Eye of the Tiger in the background somewhere. (laughs) Bring it on, I shouted at him. I was so confident. And I really, I swear, y'all, I really was confident that finally I had found a sport in which I could actually be real competition for him. 
So I didn't know if I would win, but I thought it, it, at least I'll be, like, within a few points, even if he beats me. So I had actually found a hidden talent I never knew that I had. So what happened next was just a series of unfortunate events. After his hat turn, he began to play like someone I had not seen in our friendly little game. The flirting stopped. The nice, fun volleys back and forth stopped. Oh, no, our game turned into the ESPN ping pong championship of the world. I wasn't scoring on him anymore at all. And aggressive is a mild word for how he was playing. He scored about 20 points in, on me in five minutes flat, including a few spikes to my face. <clears throat> As I came to the realization that he had been letting me win, what happened next may or may not have involved me throwing my paddle into the nearby bushes and throwing all of the ping pong balls into the bushes as well and then storming off. So definitely, thank you. Thank you. Not, uh, not one of my finer moments for sure. But I got to meet, I just got to thinking, you know, we were, we were immature. We were young. We were newly married. We were like early 20s. Had, I think we had been married maybe two and a half years. We had Susanna. She was a baby. Um, you know, but after 16 years of marriage, we've grown. We've had to grow to make it. We've grown to know, and I've grown to know, that I never get to win, ever. And that I also know that I have a severe issue with losing. Um, but the marriage we had then was, was very volatile and immature, especially when we play, would play games. But um, it's not the marriage that we have now. We've committed to growth. We've committed to change. And thank God for that. Brayden also had to realize, he had to grow and realize that it's never good to spike your wife in the face with a ping pong ball. And I had to learn to quit throwing things. So, yeah. But we've matured. We grew up. We've grown up. We still have more growing to do, but we've committed to growth. Um, Luke 2.52 says that even Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. So even Jesus himself had to grow. The Father had called him to do things. There was a purpose that he had on the earth, but he needed to grow and mature from a small child to a fully mature man. One of the most important things that God needs for us to learn is to trust him in the hard times and with the tough things that don't just happen miraculously. So many Christians are looking for God to make them change or for God to drop magic fixes on them out of the sky when he's already given us everything that we need. Um, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says this, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So God, he's already given us everything we need. The Bible talks about us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. He lives inside of us. So he's given us all the tools to be successful Christians. We just cannot give up, and we've got to keep moving forward in growth. Colossians 2, 6 says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So basically, step one is just accept Jesus. Step two is to continue to follow him. This tells me that, you know, because they wrote this, this tells me that sometimes it's going to be easy to not continue to follow him. And many of us have seen people just kind of trail off and stop following Jesus. Step three, then your faith will grow. And growth means that our faith can be increased. The Bible says we were all given a measure of faith. And the Bible also talks about, you know, faith is a the size of a mustard seed. But there's many scriptures that talk about how our faith can actually grow. It can actually increase. And then step four, we overflow with thankfulness. And then basically you start all over with, with step two, continuing to follow him. So I wrote down a few of the things that 
are kind of the tough things that make us grow. So this is in that continuing to follow him part. Um, So I just wrote a little list, and this is definitely not an exhaustive list of things that help us grow, but these are some of the things that require endurance, require trust, require perseverance, um, some real things that, that we've, some of us have gone through here today. So first of all, doing something God's leading you to do, even when you feel afraid we're inadequate right here. Laying down your pride and asking for help. Believing God for a miracle in your health or in your finances, even though you don't see it yet. Maybe everything looks crazy, but you're believing God. Refusing old habits that don't represent Jesus. Identifying pride or jealousy or manipulation in our life and dealing with it. Forgiving someone that really hurt you because the Bible says to. Waiting for a desire in your heart to be fulfilled and trusting God instead of compromising. So some of these things are just things that you guys in here have gone through, I've gone through, Braden's gone through. We have to face the things in our lives that are issues. Actually face them, talk about them, and grow through them with the Lord. Not trail off, not kick the pressure valve, but push through them and allow the Lord to grow us and mature our faith. So let's talk about faith for just a second. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not yet see. Um, Creflo Dollar, how many of you heard of Creflo Dollar, preacher? Yeah, he's awesome. He's one of my favorites. Um, I've grown up listening to Creflo Dollar, but he said this. He said, faith is the vehicle that accesses what grace has already provided for you. So there are things that God has promised us, and there are things that God has provided to us, but faith is how we access them. We cannot get to them but by faith. And the Bible says faith is what pleases God. Faith is what pleases God. So, so many times it's a process, and it's not overnight. And you know why? Because God is all about our growth. He doesn't exist in the time and space realm like we do. He exists outside of time and space. But when he looks at us, he looks at our hearts, and he's concerned about our growth. He's concerned about our journey. Where are we going? He's concerned about our heart. So, you know, we've seen so many people just sort of time out of life. Have you ever, I know y'all have, if you have a computer, if your computer starts to have issues and you get that little spinning wheel of death, as I like to call it, um, you know, so many times you get that little spinning wheel, you can hit escape like as many times as you can. I mean, sometimes I'm like, escape, 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 and it just doesn't do anything. And so finally you have to like shut the whole computer down to reboot the computer. We've seen so many people do that. Like, they get, like, a spinny wheel in their lives where they, they've run into a tough problem or something that, that maybe they're not hearing from God or they feel like God is far from them or something is just not happening that they've been trusting God with or praying about or leaning into, and it's just not happening. And then they hit the pressure valve and quit. They had a good start. They, got, they had some giftings. Maybe they, they had something happen from the Lord. God did something. But when it got hard and they had to use their faith to do the tough things, they refused to grow and eventually just became stagnant. They timed out of life. So doing the tough things that require faith will lead you into God's plans and purposes for your life. Doing the tough things is just part of it. It's part of our journey, and it's not always fun to talk about, but it's part of, it's part of how we will grow. Hebrews 6.12 says this, I love this in the Passion Translation. It says, don't allow your hearts to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm, but follow the example of those who fully received what God has promised because of their strong faith and patient endurance. There's some things that can only come through strong faith and patient endurance. You know, again, I've said this already, but Brayden and I, we did not end up here 
where we are today with this amazing church and body full of people and incredible staff and volunteer teams and all the things that are going on here, this didn't happen overnight, and we didn't end up here overnight. We chose to grow every day, and we're still choosing to grow. We have not arrived at some, you know, magic place, and we're going to just stop growing now and be like, thanks, God, we're good. No, we have to choose to grow every single day because guess what? As you hit every new level, you get to the chance to continue to grow or you'll be overcome and overwhelmed. So you have to grow at every new level that God takes you to. We're no more anointed to live out our Christian walk and our walk with Jesus than you are. We've just kept choosing to grow. We have made thousands of tiny decisions to live by faith and grow in the tough things. And those small decisions add up to big change. All the tiny decisions that you make throughout the day. You know, Braden was even talking about, did y'all hear him talk about not throwing the sucker, or throwing the sucker in the trash and it missed? And he, like, went back and got it finally and put it in the trash. Because it's like, even in the little things, God is asking us to grow. And you might think, well, that was, that was stupid. God doesn't care if you put your sucker stick in the trash. But actually, it's all about integrity. And it's all about just, are you going to do the things that are right? Are you going to do the things in the moment that are right that will actually, if you'll do a bunch of those things, they'll add up to the big things in your life. If you'll do a bunch of the little things and, you know, we've even like practiced hearing God at the movie theater. We've been like, okay, I wonder which side our movie's on. Lord, show us. Like we practice these things. We practice his presence. We practice hearing from him. We grow. We grow. We're not perfect, but we've chosen growth. Philippians 3 says this, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Like he's saying, I haven't gotten it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So notice those words, I press, I strain for what is ahead. These are not words that just sound like it's just going to be a little stroll on the beach. These are, these, are, these are fighting words. These are aggressive words. And it's time that as Christians, you know, God has a call on all of your lives, not just us up here, not just us that stand up here, but you're all called to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you cannot be effective unless you grow. You cannot be effective if you just hit a, hit a tough point and just stop. You hit the tough points and you just keep going. And sometimes you keep going one moment at a time. Yeah. You keep going, you know, after I lost my family, some people will be like, how, how did you make it through that? And to be honest with you, there, there was not any magic moment where all of a sudden I was okay. It was just like I kept putting one foot in front of the other and I kept just trusting God. I kept going to church. I kept showing up. I kept saying yes to the Lord. I kept just trusting him. And I just refused to let the enemy steal my life as well because I know that he has a purpose for my life. And it's, the same goes for you. Gosh, now I lost my place. Let me just encourage you just for a second. Um, you know, there might be some of you here today who are just like me and maybe you're dealing with fear, some fear about some things God's asking you to do. Um, or maybe you think you don't have what it takes to, ask, to do what he's asking you to do. Um, well, let me tell you, you don't have what it takes. You don't have what it takes, but in him, you have everything you need to fulfill what he's called you to do. So we have to step outside. Our, here's us with not having what it takes, and here's him. And we have to step inside of him and have our identity, all of our identity placed in him, all of our confidence in him, and receive all of our boldness, strength, 
um, and courage and confidence in him, in him. You don't have what it takes, but in him you do. Philippians 4, this is like, you know, um, little kid church scripture. We all know this one. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything. I can do all things. Anything God's called me to do, anything he's asking me to do, I can quit this bad habit. I can, I can quit watching pornography. I can quit drinking. I can quit smoking. I can do these things because Christ in me, he lives in me, he dwells in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do the things God's called me to do. I can stand on this stage and speak. I can do this because Christ in me, the hope of glory. So the ways that God leads us to grow and change will always require faith. Always require faith. It never comes easy. So if you're wondering today if you can even do it, if you're feeling fear, that actually should be comforting to you because you cannot do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. So if you're not using your faith, that means that the things that you're doing are not big enough. (laughs) So step out and ask the Lord, what do you have for me, Lord? What do you want me to do? And I promise you it will require faith to get it done. It will require endurance, perseverance. And when I was a little kid, I actually believed that if I had fear, felt any fear, that um, I wasn't in faith. And this caused me to shrink back. Like every time I would feel God um, challenging me to grow in a certain area, I would start to feel fear. And then I'd be like, oh no, I'm not in faith because I feel fear. So I would just stop. So instead of moving forward, I would just stop. But now I understand that true faith it is, is, it's going for it in the middle of the fear. When you feel the fear, it doesn't mean you have no faith. In the presence of fear is when our faith needs to kick in, right? So it's not necessarily we have to live this fearless life where we never feel any fear. And that's, honestly, that's just not reality. We're humans. We're going to feel fear. We're going to feel emotions. Jesus felt emotions. But we have to push through the fear and allow our faith to be grown, Right? So that's what I'm talking about. This is how we truly grow. We refuse to stay stagnant. We work on our stuff. We face our issues. And when the hard things come, you don't hear God. You don't feel God. No, he's right there. He's right there, just like the Bible says. But he's growing you. So lean into him. Don't kick the pressure valve when you have to endure a tough season or a time of pain. Keep moving forward. Keep trusting God. Let me tell you this. Satan would love nothing more than for you to just lay down and give up the purpose of God on your life. He would love for you to just quit. He would love for you to just give up. But let me just tell you, the ones God's just proud of are the ones that just keep on trying. And just, you just can't, you just can't kill them. You just can't keep them down. They just keep on going. But there is a reward and there is a victory on the other side of that. It's not just going through life and being like, oh, I won't quit, God, but being beat up and dragging the leg. And it's not like that. It's persevering and enduring with faith to the other side, which includes victory which includes success, which includes promotion, which includes purpose. So that is what all this is for. So you were put on this earth for this time, such a time as this, and for this place, to allow yourself to be molded, shaped, and grown today. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.